Hey, it's Kate. Hey, it's Anissa. Fosco Works has a bonus episode for you today. It's part of a custom podcast called Productivity Confidential, produced in partnership with Citrix. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People. I'm Ted Brown, and this is Productivity Confidential, a custom podcast from Fasco Works and Citrix. We'll hear from industry leaders on how you can use emerging strategies and technologies to unlock employee creativity and productivity at your workplace. On this episode, we dive into the prospect of a four-day work week with Natalie Nagel, co-founder of product development firm Wildbit. Nagel's team at Wildbit works across five countries and 15 cities. But since the beginning, Wildbit has insisted that everyone from the CEO to entry-level engineers only work 40 hours per week. Now, Nagel is attempting to bring that commitment down to 32 hours, a dramatic move that could have wide implications. In an era of unparalleled productivity, Nagel has found that the old rules about work are going out the window. So Natalie, can you tell us a little bit about what Wildbit is and what Wildbit does? Sure. So we're a almost 19-year-old software company. Uh, we're remote first. Uh, we build software products that we sell to other software development teams. Uh, they're all subscription-based, so software-as-a-service products. I work with 30 people all over the world, which is really exciting. And I run the business with my husband, Chris, and we've been doing it together the whole time. Now, I know that Wildbit is doing something a little more, um, a little different in that they're, you're trying to move towards a reduced work week and sort of keeping people on the same product, productivity level. Is that right? Yeah. So we've been doing a 32-hour work week for, we're in our third year where everybody, almost everybody takes off on Friday, except for the support team. They alternate Fridays and Mondays. But yeah, we've been doing that for two and a half years, extremely successfully. What advances, what sort of technology have you all been using when it comes to making it easier to transition to this four-day work week, this 32-hour work week? I think, you know, at the core of shorter work weeks is this ability to maximize what we as human beings are really good at and to kind of offload everything else. And I say that, you know, that the skills that, that make us human and not computers, our creativity, our ability to collaborate, you know, working together on solving difficult challenges. So for us, getting to 32 hours and hopefully shorter at some point is all reliant on the ability to automate the things that aren't part of that kind of what makes humans special. So it's, you know, it's we're a technology company, like you said, we're also a remote company, right? So we've been constantly looking and adding technology to our stack to be more productive, right? To be able to collaborate better remotely, to be able to collaborate more and short collaborate better in shorter time frames. So it's really like the little things, you know, it's things from automating expense reporting. You know, it sounds small, but that's somebody's job to do you know, at any given moment. And if we can automate that, that person now maybe saved an hour a day, right, or an hour a week. So, I mean, it really is just like all the things around us that can enable us to work really well asynchronously and to remove any of that, any of the work that isn't really what I consider deep work, the work that I really want us to spend our time on, which is the things that makes us human, the things that makes us, our unique, you know, unique abilities that makes knowledge work so complicated to really understand when it's done. And those time savings compound, I assume, over the course of a year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they compound and I think also they enable you to really reflect internally to figure out what is it that I'm here to do? You know, what is the work that's meaningful? I mean, one of our big transition to the 32-hour work week, like that, you know, started as an experiment to say, hey, what's going to fall off? And the genesis of that 
like actually taking that jump was a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport, in which he really talks a lot about the brain's capacity for deep work, you know, this like real meaningful work. And the science, you know, when he was writing the book was it took maxes out of four hours a day. And so we just had this internal reflection. Where we're like, well, what are we doing the other four hours a day? You know, and we're, we're working five days a week, 40 hours. And so it was really just this, like, what can we, what can we experiment? How, how can we run this experiment and see what falls off, which is how we always run experiments, to say, like, okay, well, let's automate this or let's, you know, let's do this better. Let's drop this meeting. You know, like, whatever those things need to do to really optimize for that. But really, like... That one meeting less, right, compounds to one more, one meeting less later to that person being able to do better work earlier in their day. You know, like it all just kind of fits really well together. And you talked about running experiments a wild bit and seeing what falls off. Uh, what fell off in this process? The biggest thing that fell off was unnecessary meetings. I'm a, like, I, I hate meetings, but I, I respect the value that they bring. But I really just am always like, why are we meeting? Why are we all together? You know? And so one of the things that happened first, and remembering that we're a remote team also, so now you have people in different time zones. So those meetings have even more impact, like uh, more negative impact in some cases. So the first thing we realized was like, hey, uh, we're not actually doing 32 hours of work. We're doing 20 hours of work because we have those 12 hours of meetings. It's like, well, that's not okay, right? So we started moving some meetings off, really looking internally to say what should be done asynchronously, right? What can we share? What's just information sharing that doesn't belong in a meeting? Uh, and really honing in on every individual's ability to do deep work. So, you know, I might be a morning person. You might be an afternoon person, right? Like those things are real. And so making sure that those meetings don't fall into our you know, most productive time is also really critically important. So kind of having those internal dialogues to say, are we actually productive in those 32 hours? And on the flip side of that is, you know, a big part of this consistent three-day rest is that the brain actually is able to recharge. So what we added was this, like, people run to work on Mondays, and we're solving really challenging problems on the weekends because they're marinating in our brains, right? Like, they're working in our subconscious. And a lot of times we go home, and then on Monday we've solved the problem. So you kind of get, like, both of those pieces, which is really, you know, where I think the main value is of a shorter work week. You're giving people time to take a step back and get perspective and new sort of takes on problems they're trying to solve at work. Yeah, I mean, that's how the brain works, right? It's a muscle. It can only work so much. I mean, I think we're kidding ourselves when we say that we can work longer hours and get squeeze more juice out of it. Like, we can. It's all diminishing returns. And we're actually paying for it in the future. It's it's like working out, right? It's like exercise. If you overwork your muscles, you're going to get injured. You're going to not be able to work harder next week. And everybody knows that your phys- you know, your body's muscles need to be rested. You can't work every, you know. It's the same thing with the brain. We just don't like to see it that way. So we're building up to all those things you hear about burnout and just, you know, poor decision-making and short-sighted decision-making, all those things that happen because we're overworking this muscle that needs rest, needs to recuperate, and needs to be able to have space in the background to solve really challenging problems because we can't solve them on the surface, right? We need time to, we need time for our brains subconsciously to think through those things and get to those really good answers, which is really what the goal is. Like, for me, the four-day work week's goal is to not be a four-day work week. It's to be, a, like, a lot less work the week. <laughs> like, my dream is that it doesn't matter how long it takes to work. Like we just set really clear, really clear goals and we work on it as our brain and as our kind of ability enable allows us to do. Maybe it's a, an eight hour day and then a day off and then a two hour. You know, I don't care. It's like whatever it takes to kind of get into that cadence to solve challenging problems. I mean, the amount of times I've had to step back from writing an article or working on something and giving myself 30 minutes and you go back and you say, oh, that actually worked. And just not thinking about this 30 minutes, giving myself a rest for 30 minutes, you just help even that short amount of time. 
Totally. And the work's better. I mean, I, I really believe, like, th- people ask me all the time about 32-hour workers. They're like, well, how do you know if it's successful? I was like, well, I'm telling you that I write less lines of code. But the qual- not me, I don't write any lines of code, but the team <laughs> writes less lines of code. But the code is better. Like, the problem solving is genuinely better. Can you give me an example of when you've sort of seen those, those diminishing returns from either an employee that's been overworked, uh, from your personal life, uh, from teams that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, burnout is such, you know, everybody's talking about it because it's really important. And I think I've burned out personally where I've gotten to a place where, you know, just it's a constant and it's, it's a my brain is working so much, right? It's constantly under stress that decisions become really reactive and kind of really shallow. And so I had we had a time in our work where like things weren't going, we weren't growing like we used to be, and we felt really stuck. And you know, I reached a point of like anxiety, like you know, true like panic attack anxiety, and it was really just this inability to see rationally. Like my, I I remember because it was this like cloudy feeling. You know, I'm coming home. I had a little kid at the time, and uh, you just kind of like everything just feels like you're in a cloud. And I was washing dishes, and my heart started beating so fast, and I just and I was like, oh my god, I have to lay down. And I realized like all this time, everything is so surface level because my brain is just so tired. And just really can't function. And I've seen it on my team. You know, like we've, again, like just just by nature of doing this for so long, we've had ups and downs, obviously. And we've had times when the products needed a lot of support. And I've seen the team just really like just working so hard. And it's it's the physical working in front of the computer, but it's also when it lives in your brain. You know, like even like if it's anxiety and it's living in your brain, you're still kind of working through it. And if those things are negative or difficult, uh, you know, the work gets worse. You know, like the the decision making is always the first thing you can notice when somebody that you trust to make really smart decisions or thoughtful decisions are making decisions that you're kind of like, uh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think that constant connection, I mean, it's uh, it lets you bring work stress home with you. It sort of lives with you 24 hours a day where it didn't used to. It's horrible. I think it's it's so horrible. And I it's one of those things where we as a team have like entire guidelines on expectations of when you should reply to things, how frequently you should check emails. And again, just because I'm so obsessed with focus work and creating an environment where people can have deep, meaningful work that we... You know, we're only allowed to check email. We encourage people to check emails no more than twice a day. We encourage them to check like any of the intranets and all those things no more than once a day. I really want people to disconnect. I really want them to be able to focus on their work at hand and then go home. It's it's created this constant connection, which creates constant anxiety, which, again, doesn't give your brain any time to rest and totally defeats the purpose of the four day work week. We'll be back after a short break and a message from our partners at Citrix. At Citrix, we're working hard to simplify the work experience to transform how people collaborate, create, and innovate. As director of product marketing, I know that technology has the ability to transform the employee's work experience. From routine to mundane tasks, there is a lot of opportunity to help employees work smarter and faster. Citrix Workspace can organize, guide, and automate work so that employees can be more productive and engaged. I'm Blake Cannell, and I'm helping the world work better. Learn more at citrix.com slash fastco. For folks that you're recruiting that come onto the team, has there been any sort of adjustment period that folks need be to be like, oh, no, uh, it's okay. I don't actually need to do this right now, or I don't need to check in with this person. I don't need to write that email. 
Totally. It's and it's one of the like we we promote it right when people come on board and and people kind of believe it and they want to believe it, but they don't until they experience it. They don't trust me. So usually I do like an onboarding call and people will tell me, uh, I know you'd only work four days a week, but I'm going to work Fridays because I just don't understand. Like, what am I supposed to do on Friday? Of course, I work Fridays. I love my job. I love the, you know, my craft. I'm going to work. And so I'll say, OK, all right, well, we'll see. And then we'll talk a little bit more. And I had this one ex- experience that I always think about where, uh, you know, we're, I'm having this discussion with this new hire. And at some point it, we're talking about hobbies and things that they do. And he said, you know, I'm trying to build a deck on my house and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, OK, cool. What do you know what you're doing on Friday? He's like, what? I was like, you're going to build your deck. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you're not going to work. You're going to go build your deck. It's going to be amazing. And of course, like he went and he built his deck. And he's like, wow, that was really like, I actually did that. And as I'm building the deck, right, I'm thinking about work and I'm doing all these things. So like it has a benefit to the company as well. But those things are really hard. They're so ingrained. Uh, my director of finance, she still sends me emails on the weekends or she'll check emails. And every once in a while, a tester will like send something and she'll reply in an hour. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop answering my emails. It's hard. I've done, I've, I've checked to see if people work on Fridays. I'll tell you what, though. I think my mind is going like kind of the next iteration of this or or the direction that I want to take it in is I still don't know that necessarily four eight-hour days is what we should be targeting, right? Like we really can't sit for, for eight hours and do really good work. But I, I want to give people the space if they do want to work a little bit, a couple hours on Friday because they prefer to work shorter hours during the week. I don't care. So I think like we're we're moving more into that direction. I don't know what that'll look like eventually, because uh, we still obviously need to collaborate together at, uh, at certain points. But I do I'm thinking a lot about how does this empower each individual to be productive, not just us as a company. And that's what true flexibility is about, right? It's sort of giving every employee what they need to be successful and happy, whether that's being able to work from you know eleven to four on Wednesdays or something. Like there's there's a need to sort of personalize what flexibility looks like, which is what leads me to my next question. I mean, had there been employees who were sort of asking for non-contiguous days off? Does it, that impact the way that Wabbit works, works at all? So when we first launched the 32-hour work week, we actually did, we said, take whatever day you want. And I took that away because we have not defined properly yet how to collaborate so that that can be okay. But ultimately, if we can narrow down the if, if we can be really specific on when we need to collaborate, how we collaborate, what the tools around collaboration are, then I think, yeah, we could totally make it much more flexible and let individual teams kind of make those decisions. I think there'll still have to be some consistency even in the two to three person teams. But for the most part, uh, I think we can get there. I'm wondering about how you manage client expectations with this. If there's a way to translate what you're trying to do, the mission that Wildbit has instituting the four-day work week, and how to manage external expectations that might not understand it. In terms of like, just from a practical standpoint, our support team continues to do support Monday through Friday uh, in our, you know, our listed hours. And they've been able to do is alternate Fridays and Mondays. So we have some folks who actually prefer to Monday off because maybe their partner is off on Monday, so they actually get to spend some time together. So as long as there's three consecutive days off, I'm happy. And we're covering all five days. Externally, I'm actually really lucky. And what I've noticed a lot is our customers respect how much we care about our team. And as long as the output is spectacular, which it is, you know, our products are used by like some of the top brands in the world, and we really, really 
keep the promises that we make to our customers. They actually think it's really cool. Like we, I hear all the time. I mean, from a recruitment standpoint and a customer standpoint, I hear all the time, like, "Oh, wow, I hope it's that company that really cares about their team." There's some envy the there. Product is so good, and people want that. Totally, especially on the on the bigger. I mean, I I, I take a lot of calls with with team leaders inside big organizations, right? And they're like, how do I do this? <laughs> you know, like, I, how do you move such a giant ship, right? And so we talk a lot about, like, these these small small steps you can take to just show ultimately to whoever's in charge that output matters more than button C. I want to wrap up on a couple tech questions and ask you what technology you wish would hurry up and get here that would make the 32-hour work week that much more achievable and that much easier on Wildbit? Honestly, and I guess with science and technology coming closer and closer, I, I want us to have more proof that the brain works in the way that I believe that it does. Because I think if we can really show that the brain is a muscle that needs rest and recuperation and needs, then we will all agree, just like we, as we have in our, you know, in our, in our, body muscles that we need to create these opportunities for 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 rest and and smart you know and, and deep thinking and i think the other one is i just want to automate all the things that don't need to be done by humans like i i still you know there's a lot of controversy right around all this stuff and i don't want to get into that but i believe that as com- you know computers job is to we, we give it information, it memorizes that information it regurgitates that information right so anything that 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 can be done by a computer creates less work for us so that, again, our hours get shorter and so we can work on the things that make humans humans, which is, you know, our creativity, our ability to collaborate, solve challenging problems. So the more we can, like, send off, right, I say uh, expense reporting, and it's such a small thing, but those things pile up, right, on my my director of finance, right? She's got expense reporting. She's got, you know, we're in different states all over the country. Like, who's managing that, right? Those are little things. You've got to file in all these states. Oh, there's a PEO. You can use that. Okay, cool. You know, so, like, and I don't want to necessarily say like I want all the software in the world, but I want us to be able to really identify the things that make us, the things that we are supposed to be doing, the things that we are, you know, our unique abilities, our deep work and take everything else off our plates because then we can actually work less, right? I don't want to do that and then say, okay, now do double the deep work because we can't because our brains can't do that. So if we really could, like, can you imagine if you knew you woke up, you worked for three hours, real solid, and you're like, I'm done for the day. Like my brain is spent, and now I can go be, you know, whatever that being means. I think that would just be an amazing thing. And you know, that's how people write books. <laughs> like authors, somehow writers really understand that, you know, because their brain they're spent. Like the words don't come out anymore. But you know, and especially like in my industry, it just feels like we just keep piling stuff on. Write more code. Write more words. Write more. You know, design more stuff. Take more meetings. It just keeps going, and we don't really sit, stop and say, "That's it. That's the thing I'm supposed to be doing. I'm done. Everything else, like, forget about it." And we've talked on previous episodes of Productivity Confidential about how machine learning and and um, artificial intelligence will be able to hopefully automate those tasks and and give us that exactly what you're talking about. That sort of time for the work that humans are good at. Now, I want you to take a step back and put on your prognosticator hat for a second and tell me what Wildbit's work week looks like in the year 2050. Is it less? Is it 10 hours? Is it 15 hours? Okay, so I think we're working less. I think my dream is that the team knows what finished looks like, what done is. And that turns into a totally, we're not even measuring time, right? It doesn't matter. 
And so if we can create a place where we understand clearly, like, this is the thing we know we have to get done. This is your piece in it. And when it's done, it's done. And like being able to define done would be really special. I mean, you're giving me 20 years, right? Or 30 years? 30, you, yeah, 30, you got 30 years. <laughs> 30 years to get there. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I think it could I think I think we can do it. I think we can I think between more proof and science around how the brain works, right? And and better technology to uh, offload some of those things. I think we can get really hone in on like what my job is. And I want my job to take me only the time that it takes for me to enjoy it and for me to produce good work and everything else is irrelevant. I think that that's 2050. Well, I know I'm excited for my four-day work week coming up at some point. <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for uh, coming on Productivity Confidential. I uh, really appreciate it. This is a great conversation. Awesome. Yeah, I had fun talking. Thank you. That last comment by Natalie about what Wildbit looks like in 2050 really got me thinking about what productivity actually means, what productivity means in the future. In 30 years, the hope is that AI and machine learning will take all the tasks away from humans that we aren't good at. These understanding gigantic data sets, these repetitive menial tasks that sort of fries our brains when we're doing it for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. The idea that productivity in 30 years will be less about putting 8 hours in a seat, putting 10 hours in a seat, and more about just accomplishing what you set out to do, whether you're doing that in three hours of work on a Monday, whether it does take 10 hours to do something, you're doing that on a Thursday. But the idea that productivity is going to be measured in a much more fluid way. It's about accomplishing things that you need to do. It's about checking tasks off a list that you know that you need to accomplish for the week. And uh, that's something that was really interesting. And I think that Natalie's sort of dream about what that looks like in 2050 speaks to that. That's all for this episode of Productivity Confidential. Anissa and Kate will be back with a new episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People next week. Productivity Confidential is produced by Fastco Works in partnership with Citrix. I'm Ted Brown. Our producer is Joshua Christensen. 